Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. I believe I'm on because, yes, I can hear myself. Great. Well, I, um, like Matthew said, I've known him for... 10 years, apparently, um, which is a little bit crazy. Um, So I wanted to start today by just letting you know a little bit about who I am. I know that when I have guest speakers come into my home church, it's always nice to hear a little bit about them just because they're a stranger. You want to know, can I trust you? Um, What you're saying, your background, all that kind of stuff. Um, I do come from youth ministry. I left youth ministry um, almost exactly a year ago. Um, So I am a very interactive speaker. So if you say something back to me, or if I say a rhetorical question, or ask, I suppose, if I ask a rhetorical question, and you want to respond, I would love that. That helps me kind of get into things, you know, if I can see on your facial expressions that you're interested, and if you, if you respond and say amen, or if I say something totally off the wall, and you're like, yeah, like, I'm open to it, okay? Um, so I did want to start, too, again, being from youth ministry, being very interactive, Um, I'm going to start with a little game. We've all probably done this before at some point in our lives. Um, Two truths and a lie. How many of you have ever played that in like a get-to-know-you kind of thing? Okay, so we're going to do two truths and a lie with me. Um, So I tried to come up with some things that was going to make it really, really hard for you to guess what it was. Um, So here are my things. Two of them are true. One of them is a lie. And then after that, we'll get into my message. So first one. I was on a partial football scholarship to college. Second, I was attacked by monkeys in China. And third, I have lived in 15 houses and six states, and I'm 28 years old. So I'll give you a second to let it kind of ruminate, and then we're going to do like a raise your hand kind of thing. So, <clears throat> who thinks that I really was on a partial football scholarship to college? Who thinks that that one is true? Okay. Who thinks that I really was attacked by monkeys in China? Okay, the back thinks so. I feel like that fits, that the back believes that that one's true. Um, And then, what was the last one I said? Oh yeah, 15, 15 places in six years. Okay, perfect. Well, most of you were wrong. Actually, (laughs) I was, in fact, on a partial football scholarship to Olivet. People uh, like to ask me what position I played, and if I was a lying person, I would tell you the kicker, but really, I was the secretary. But they still gave me a partial football scholarship, (laughs) so that's one of my favorite things to share with people. Um, I really was attacked by monkeys in China when I was five. I was wearing, um, Winnie the Pooh was really big back then. I don't know if Winnie the Pooh is still big right now, but I I was wearing a pink dress. It was bright pink, and it had Winnie the Pooh all over it, so it was pink and yellow. And uh, we were in a zoo where the animals aren't really locked up, and monkeys thought that my pink and yellow, did I say blue? Pink and yellow dress was fruit, and so they came up to me and they were trying to 
eat my dress, but when you're five, it feels like they're trying to eat you and attack you. And so, yeah, the last one is not true. I have lived in a lot of different states and a lot of different places, but it's not quite 15. It's probably more like 11, and I think it's only five states. So anyway, that's a little bit about me. Um, So now I'm going to get into um, my message. So when I was asked um, a month month or so ago to come and speak with you guys, um, and I agreed, both of your pastors let me know the series that you had been in. Sorry, don't mind me while I organize myself over here. I, uh, they told me about this series that you have been in, and apparently you've been in a series called Raise the Bar, or um, Stephen used the language, Going All In to Go All Out. That's a really cool series. I don't know if you guys have enjoyed it. I obviously haven't been here to participate in that and to hear any of the messages. They gave me little um, snippets of like, this week we talked about this, this week we talked about that. Um, so I feel like I have a pretty good idea, um, but still, I'm coming in with fresh eyes, and so when I was thinking about the series that you were in and how um, that has affected me, um, I got really, really, really excited to be a part of this series because I'm going to share my story with you here in just a second. Um, But there's evidence all throughout my life of how God has called me to raise the bar. Um, And so we're going to talk today about raising the bar and how that's a correlation to move and to act. So I'm starting with my story. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, a Nazarene home, actually. I was in church for the first time when I was like six days old, so, you know, go me, little like six-year-old in church for the first time, or six-day-old person in church for the the first time, and um, I had a pretty great childhood. My parents um, took me to church every Sunday. My dad, at one point, was the worship pastor of the church that we were at, Um, so I grew up always knowing who the Lord was, knowing that he loved me, and knowing that he wanted me to seek and follow after him. My life kind of changed when I was about 12 years old. My parents ended up getting divorced, um, and there's a lot that I could go into with that about how that affected me um, and propelled me down the roads that I've gone today, Um, but I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the different areas in my life that God has called me to raise this bar. So I'm about 17 years old. I'm in high school. I'm super involved in my youth group in my local Nazarene church. Um, I'm really involved in my district. I was on a district choir. I was on the district NYI council all of that kind of stuff. I was, I was a pretty good teenager. I hadn't really ever rebelled, still haven't really ever rebelled. Um, I don't know if you can relate to that or anything like that, but um, by the world standards and even by church standards, I feel like I already had a pretty high bar. But then I started to feel this calling on my life to go into ministry full-time. And let me tell you, I was not excited about it. I knew what I was going to do. I knew that I was going to be a teacher. That's kind of my family trade. Great-grandma was a teacher. Grandpa was a teacher. Mom was a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher. But God was saying, no, I want you to go into ministry full-time. And being not excited about it, what do you do when you're not excited when somebody tells you to do something you don't want to do? You pretend you don't hear them. So I pretended like I didn't hear God calling me to do that. That lasted about a year But eventually, God's persistence, his uh, loving way of not going away, I eventually said yes to that call that God had in my life. And so I was heading into my senior year in in, uh, high school. I already knew I was going to go to Olivet, but I had already planned to become an education major, all of that. Everything was kind of already set. And then I accepted my call into youth ministry, and I had to call him up and say, um, can I change everything that I've planned? And they said, yeah, absolutely, come on down. We'll set up a visit. We'll uh, get you to meet some of the theology professors. And and it just kind of like 
tumbled me down this path. It was just so fast. I said yes, and all of a sudden my life changed. The tra trajectory of my life had changed. So fast forward a couple years, I'm through my freshman year at Olivet. I'm an RA, which is a resident assistant. Um, so I'm in charge of a floor of girls. I'm in charge of um, you know, making sure that they're having a great college experience, but also, um, also spiritually looking after them. And in that year of my life, I was an RA for two years, but in that first year, I felt God calling me to raise the bar again. <laughs> okay, God, I already said yes to going into youth ministry full time. I already am an RA, like adding that on top of my studies. I hold down a job at school. My bar is already really high. What do you want me to do? I want you to be a missionary. Nope. Nope. That's, <laughs> that's not happening. I'm good. Nope. And so I fall back on old habits. I didn't hear you say that. I didn't hear God say that he wanted me to be a missionary. This is my whole first semester of my sophomore year of Olivet. And I was miserable because I was ignoring that voice of God. I don't know if you've ever ignored the voice of God. You're not the nicest person to be around when you're not living the way that God wants you to live. So eventually we go through the year and I just am really, really sick and tired of that loving, persistent God talking in my ear. And I say, you know what, God? Sure, all right, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll be a missionary, like it's fine. Anybody ever respond to God that way? It's probably not the most loving way to respond to our Heavenly Father, but that's where I was at. I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then God said the most interesting thing to me. He said, okay. I was just checking. I was just checking that you were willing to do whatever I wanted you to do. Keep on the path that you're on. Well, okay. Fast forward a few more years, I graduate from Olivet with a degree in youth ministry, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with my future, where I'm going to work, um, what, if I'm going to go into ministry full-time right away, um, what that looks like, and I eventually end up working part-time as a youth pastor back at my home church in Michigan. And that's great. It's tough. Um, I always say that I can relate really well to when Jesus said that he couldn't minister in his hometown. I kind of got that after I went back home. I, was there success in the youth ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Were there people being saved? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was just tough. Sometimes it's really tough to minister to people that you've grown up with who've seen you from the time that you were younger. They don't always let you minister the way that you want to. So I was working part-time as a youth pastor. I was working two other jobs to try and make some money to start to pay off all of these loans that I suddenly have coming 10 months after I graduate. And so I'm a, a youth pastor, I'm a barista, I'm a substitute teacher, and um, I did that for about three years. And I was like, God, you know, I told you that I would do whatever I had to do to be in ministry. So if that meant doing it for free, I would do it for free and I would work another job. If that means working three jobs, I'll work three jobs and then I'll, you know, do this as only part of my pay. But I really want to serve you full time. Can I possibly do that? And so God graciously opened some doors and brought me to Ohio, um, up in Toledo, to be the youth pastor there. So I was the youth pastor at Toledo Church in the Nazarene for, or Trinity, <laughs> I don't even know the name of the church anymore, apparently, Trinity Church of the Nazarene for three years. Um, that was full time. It was great to get to do that full time. I enjoyed it, but there, um, interestingly enough, there were a few times when I was like, I kind of miss 
only doing this part-time. I kind of miss being out in, in the work world, in the secular work world. Um, I'm grateful for this position. I'm grateful that I get paid to do this, to serve you. But part of me kind of misses that, and, and part of me wondered, I wonder if there's something more. Local church ministry is amazing, and I love it, and it's so needed. But I felt this calling, this passion, maybe there's something a little bit more that I can be doing. So I had worked with Commission Toledo a little bit, just Commission Toledo's in Toledo, Trinity is in Toledo, and so I had worked with them a few times, and I thought, you know, what would it be like for me to kind of maybe switch and maybe be a, a little bit of a worker for Commission? I didn't really know what that looked like, and I was kind of scared to even have the conversation, but um, I asked if I could sit down and have coffee with Jacob, and so we met, and we had coffee, and so I kind of asked him that same question. What would it look like to maybe start working with you guys? And I don't know that he knew my full intentions at the start of that conversation because he gave me kind of the broad overview of like, well, this is what we do. This is how many staff members we have. This is kind of how we meet. This is our um, kind of weekly routine. These are our ministries, blah, blah, blah. Kind of giving me the general overview of who Commission Toledo was, which was great. Conversation kind of lagged. We you know, had a good conversation, talked about Commission, the great things it was doing. And, and Jacob kind of finished his part and just kind of sat there and stared at me. And I, I felt that I was literally at a crossroads moment. I don't know if you've had a moment in your life where you feel like I can go this way or I can go this way, and it's very tangible. And so I felt like, yeah, I could, I could end this conversation right here. Like, cool, Jacob, thanks for meeting with me. Thanks for the information. That's great. You know, I'll work with you on this side. Um, I'll love hearing about what commission's doing, but, you know, I'm going to stay over here. Or I could ask the question and say, so what would it look like for me to join forces with you guys. And so then he began to talk and we began to form this plan of, okay, well, yeah, this is, this is what it might look like for you to join forces with Commission Toledo. So that's kind of how I got where I am today. And I hope I did a good job or I hope you noticed along the way these different places where I thought I already had a pretty high bar, but God called me to go to the next step. I thought I was gonna be in youth ministry and he said, no, I, be, I want you to be a missionary. And I said, nope, till I said yes. And then fast forward eight years, here I am, being a missionary. Fast forward to, you know, looking back and when I graduated college, I was in youth ministry part-time and I loved it, but I want to do this full-time. Raise the bar. I'm doing ministry full-time, I'm getting paid full-time to do this, this is amazing. I wonder if there's something more. So that's a little bit about me. That's where I'm at right now. I'm with uh, Commission, um, quote-unquote, full-time. They're who I want to work with. Um, they don't actually have any funds to pay their employees, so all of their missionaries, I don't know if you know this, are fully funded on their own. They raise their own support. Um, so currently, while I'm in the process of beginning to start the fundraising process, I'm working full-time at Chick-fil-A, which is, in and of itself, an interesting ministry, and I absolutely love it. I tell people all the time that I'm slinging chicken. That's how I'm serving the Lord right now is by slinging chicken. So um, that's a little bit of an update on where I am in my life. So thinking about this, this message, this series of Raise the Bar, um, one passage kept coming back to me, and I think it came from me thinking about my story and all these times when I was called to raise the bar. God called me to raise the bar, and I had to respond with action. If God calls me to raise the bar, but I didn't 
take a step, if I didn't do something with it, I would be in the same place that I was seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So this passage in James kept coming back to me, um, and I'm going to read this. I actually have, I have slides, guys. This is cool. Hold on. Damn. Yes, okay. So that was a little bit of my story. Apparently I was supposed to have that up. I've never actually done a sermon with slides. This is all new for me. So um, we're going to read this passage in James um, 1, 22 through 25. So I'm going to read this for us. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So I kind of want to break this down into two sections. This first section um, that says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Who likes to be deceived? <laughs> I take that. That was a chuckle of no. Remember, I like interaction. So it's okay to respond to me. No. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Nobody likes to be deceived. But it says here, if we only listen to the word and don't do what it says, we're deceiving ourselves. If we don't like other people to deceive us, why would we like ourselves to deceive ourselves? That was really bad English. I apologize. Why would we want to deceive ourselves? We have to do what the word says. So I want to talk about this phrase here. Genuine faith doesn't only transform our lives, it then spurs us on to action. If you are rooted in your faith enough, when you really get to know the Lord, when you allow him to take hold of every part of you, when your faith becomes genuine, it doesn't only transform and change our lives. I hope you all know what it looks like when God transform your life, transforms your life. Um, but it also has to spur us on to action. We have to do something with it. We have to do something about it. Anybody who's passionate about anything wants to do something about it. Somebody who's passionate about social justice wants to do something about it, right? Somebody who's passionate about homelessness wants to do something about it. They want to be a part of the solution. So shouldn't it follow that Christians, people who are passionate about God, who have this true, genuine faith, should want to do something about it. And a lot of times that shows up in the form of God raising the bar and saying, hey, I know you're here, and yeah, that's a really good bar. Like, that, that's a really good place to be. It's not that that's bad. But where's that next level? What's that next level look like for you? So again, I kind of talked about in my own story those places when God would call me to raise the bar, um, it was uncomfortable at first. Have any of you ever been uncomfortable in your faith? <laughs> you guys are interacting. I love this. If you've never been uncomfortable in your faith, I would encourage you to pray that God would make you uncomfortable in your faith. Because those are the times when you grow the most. Again, coming from youth ministry, I've been in ministry for six years, uh, seven years full-time. That's weird. Seven years full-time. 
and most of that's been in youth ministry. And some of the most common conversations, I've been a youth pastor in two different churches, been involved on two different districts, two different regions even, the Olivet region, the Mount Vernon region, so I know a lot of teenagers. And I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of teenagers about a lot of different things. And it's great. I love it. I love working with teens. I love the conversations. They're not afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to, to, um, to be afraid and to not know and to not understand. And one of the most common conversations I have with teenagers is, well, how do I share my faith with my friends? That's something we talk about a lot in youth group. We're all called as Christians to share our faith with others. And I honestly, like, truthfully, I mean, I'm only 28, so I guess I don't know what it's like to, to be an adult for super long. I don't actually know that I'm being an adult really well right now. But I really think that teenagers have some of the hardest time sharing their faith with their friends. I think they're in some of the times when it's the toughest, when the judgment is the most severe, when it's the most intimidating, and they don't have years and years of life experience to call upon they have the Lord and they have their friends and they have their church so one of the most common conversations I have with them is how do I share my faith with my friends They're like I don't know enough about the Bible I don't have the right words to say you know I'm afraid they're going to ask me a question that I'm not going to know the answer to any of you still have those fears yeah I still have those fears So I always tell them, now this isn't an excuse to not study your Bible. Study your Bible. Do it. Just study your Bible. We always have to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have, right? That's in Scripture. So this isn't an excuse to not study your Bible and to not dig deep and to be able to have those answers to those tough questions. But I always tell those teens, you know what your strongest witness is actually going to be? Your actions. If your words contradict your actions people aren't going to listen to your words anyway. So think about that in this context. Our actions are super, 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 super important. So if God's calling us to raise the bar and it needs to follow with action, that's really important. Trying to find myself here in my notes. I I told... Matt, before I started, I'm a wanderer when I speak in terms of I just kind of go, and I'm trying to not go because I want you guys to get out of here at like a reasonable time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check my notes really fast and make sure that I'm actually where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to read another section, um, the last verse or two that I read to you earlier, starting with verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So I have this phrase up here, continue on in your unique journey. One of the cool things about being a guest speaker is that I don't know you guys. And so if I say something that kind of steps on your toes a little bit, I didn't do it on purpose. That's the Holy Spirit, right? So again, me not being a part of your congregation, I don't know where you are in your faith journey. I don't know if you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years or for 50 days, for a year, two years. I don't know where you're at. But no matter where we are, which, first of all, that's a beautiful picture of the kingdom, 
but there can be people sitting in the same room that have known God their entire life in, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. And then there can be people who are just starting to get to know him, who just found out who Jesus is and that he died on the cross to save them. And they said, I want to get to know that Jesus more. That's a beautiful picture of the kingdom. And everyone on that spectrum, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes, 50 years, God has another bar, another step for us to take. So when you continue on in your unique faith journey, it says that God is going to bless you. It says they will be blessed in what they do. And I think that is in direct correlation to you continuing to go deeper in your faith and to raise that bar. So now I'm going to get to kind of the life application portion of this. I'm a very tangible, kind of like tactile person. I don't do so great with the, with the abstract concepts. I say, okay, here's this abstract concept. We need to continue to, to raise the bar, go to that next level, follow it up with action. But what does that specifically look like for you? So I want all of us in here, I don't know how many are, are there of us, there's 30, 40, something like that. There's going to be 30 or 40 different ways that we're going to raise the bar after we leave here today. So I want you to think specifically about your own situation, your own faith walk, and figure out how you need to take that next step. I think I have another slide here. I do. So what action is God calling you to take? Now this is the part where you don't necessarily have to interact with me because I know this can be a very personal question. So what action is God calling you to take to raise that bar in your own life? If you're a new Christian, if you've only been a Christian for, for a year, a couple of years, five years, or maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but you've never really taken God super seriously. Maybe it's just always kind of, I go to church on Sundays and, you know, I pray and, and I believe in God, but I've never really followed any of that up with, with action. So maybe you're in that kind of situation. Maybe one of your next action steps is to start tithing. To financially invest back into the church because God has invested financially into you by blessing you with some money. Maybe your next step is starting a daily devotional life. Maybe you say, I've known the Lord for five years and I've never really spent consistent time with him. I don't really know who he is. I don't really know what his scripture says. Maybe that's your next action step. Maybe it's starting a prayer time between you and your kids before you all go to bed for the night. Maybe you sit down as a family and you pray for five minutes every night before you go to bed. Maybe that's your next action step, really trying to pass your faith on to your kids. Maybe you're more of a seasoned believer. Maybe you've been going to church your entire life. You can't ever remember a time where you didn't know the Lord. I would say I fall more into that category. My next question for you, other than what, would your, what action is God calling you to take, is what's your motivation behind your current actions? This applies for everyone, um, but I'm going to speak more to maybe some of the seasoned believers. Um, what's the motivation behind these next actions that you're taking? So maybe you've been tithing your entire life, but you just do it because it's habit. 
Maybe some of you even have it drawn out of your account every month without even really knowing about it. That's not a bad thing. But what's the reason behind it? Are you just doing it because it's a habit and it's something that you do? Habits are good, but we have to always remember, remember the motivation behind them. Why do you spend 30 minutes every morning reading the scripture? Is it just because I get up and that's what I do? Great, but why? What's the motivation behind that? What is spurring you on to continue in that habit? So I'm going to kind of try to bring this in for a conclusion here. I think I'm doing okay on time. Yes, I'm doing better than I thought I would. My prayer for you guys, I don't know if I have a slide about this. Not yet. My prayer for you guys would be that as we leave this space today, that you all leave with a tangible um, next action step. I pray that over the past, uh, how long has this series been going on? Probably nearly a month if it's just been this year. Um, I pray that God has spoken to you on some level. Maybe you've already made a commitment and say, you know, there was a message that, that Stephen brought that that really spoke to me and that's my next action step and I've already been working on that. That's fantastic. I love that. Keep doing that. Maybe you've been a part of the series. You've been here every week. You've been listening and you said, I haven't really felt like a nudge in a certain direction. I would encourage you to keep praying about that. But I would hope that every one of us, when you get to the end of this series, whether that's this week, next week, whenever it is, um, that you would leave and you would have a next action step, that you would have raised this bar in your life. Are you guys still tracking with me? Awesome. So, one, um, one way you could possibly raise the bar, I have to give a little plug for commission. I do work for them. I think you guys saw that. I gave a little spoiler when I tried to click my, click my clicker. So one of the ways that you could raise the bar, maybe you say, I'm already super involved in my church. I already have a really great devotional life, and I do that because I want to know the Lord more deeply, and I want to spend time with him. Maybe you're saying, I'm really struggling to find a way to raise the bar because I feel like my bar is pretty high, like I thought, too. My bar was pretty high when God called me into ministry. So maybe you're saying, what is my next step? I, I really don't know. Enter commission. <laughs> you guys could come work with us. <laughs> So um, Commission Toledo, how many of you know things about it? I don't want to like spend too much time delving into who we are if you guys already know. So, okay, not very many of you. Great. I get to do my whole little spiel thing. I did not write down our vision and mission because I'm supposed to have it memorized and I'm pretty sure I do, but when I get in front of people, I get nervous and things fly out of my head. So I'm going to try really hard to get our vision and mission statement down pat. So our vision is to see connected neighborhoods sharing resources and the love of Christ. So we want to connect all the different neighborhoods in the, in the Toledo area. We want to connect them together to share resources because there's a lot of poverty, um, a lot of need in our city. So we want to see them share those resources so that physically they're being helped, but then we also want to, of course, first and foremost, our priority is sharing the love of Jesus with them. And we do that by, I think it's mobilizing, equipping, it's equipping. We do that by equipping missionaries to build church-type missions throughout the city. So that's what I'm doing, um, or will be doing more so once I start my fundraising journey. But we have all of these different types of missions and ways that we get into the city. So for years, we worked with a, a family homeless shelter called Family House. 
Um, we had a weekly service in there on Thursday nights where we would have essentially a year-long VBS with the kids who were staying in that home. We have started a tutoring program um, with one of our partners, the Believe Center, um, and they tutor two to three times a week for kids who are really struggling during this time of COVID and online schooling and all of that kind of stuff. In the summer, um, the top left picture up there, we were serving meals to families in need who had been severely affected by, um, by COVID. We were serving them meals once a week so they could sign up and say, hey, you know, I'm out of a job or my kids are home 24-7 and eating me out of house and home and I can't quite keep up with our grocery bills. Um, they could sign up. We had a lot of people donate not only money, um, but we had local farmers say, I can't sell my produce. Stores aren't buying it because it's not being sold in stores. Can I give you half a pallet every week of fresh fruits and vegetables to try and give out? And we said, yeah, absolutely. We would love that. So we had fresh fruits, fruits and vegetables. We had, of course, like canned goods and, and different things to help feed these families per week. I think we ended up feeding it's like 170 families a week from March through August. And that wasn't something we'd done before. We had never been in, that, in the food um, portion of ministry because we felt like there was a lot of places in Toledo that already did that really well. We didn't feel the need to, kind of, to step into a place that was already being served. Um, but people started asking us when schools closed, do you do anything to help these families? And we said, we don't, but we could. So we had people donate money and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, we might start this back up again this summer. It kind of depends on if the, the funds come in. Um, kind of depends on the state of our country in terms of COVID, all that kind of stuff. But that is definitely something that's on our radar that we might continue. Um, I know that there have been people still asking us, hey, when are you starting that back up again? So it was, it was very much appreciated. Um, so let's see, serving meals. Um, we have a lot of different construction projects. We are trying to build, um, we call it our co-live project, um, where we bought a duplex that we are going to put two families in at a time to help them move from poverty to home ownership where they'll pay less rent, less bills, but so they get back in that habit of, okay, I have monthly bills due. How can I kind of get back on that path from maybe homelessness or just extreme poverty to home ownership again? So we bought this place. Um, it's a mess, guys, it's a mess. And we need to fix it <laughs> so that people can live in there. We have to make it livable. Um, our insurance requires that, plus we want to. Um, so we need people who are gifted in construction, um, like I'm, I mentioned, the tutoring program, during the summer we do sports camps and VBS camps. Um, and what's that last one? Working in homeless shelters. We also have a couple of um, homeless uh, missions that we work with in the, in the downtown area. So if you have been struggling to come up with a way to raise the bar, or maybe you've already decided, like, hey, this is how God's calling me to raise the bar, but I want to do even more, we would love for you to come work with us. Um, we do full-time, or not full-time, that's what I'm looking for. We do full church missions trips. Um, if that's not something that your church is able to do or feels comfortable doing just because of COVID and this kind of time, um, we would love for individuals to come as well. Um, basically, if you want to serve with commission, we want to make it happen. No matter your gifting and skill set, no matter your time, no matter your money constraints, um, no matter your, um, your feelings about COVID and all that different stuff, we want to do what we can to get you up to Toledo to come serve with us, which again is just another way that you guys can raise the bar. This is another way. Uh, maybe you are not able to come and serve with us, but you want to hear more information, or maybe you say, 
I can't serve, maybe physically I'm not able to, time-wise I'm just, I'm too busy with work, family, whatever, whatever your situation may be. Um, if you guys, I am giving you permission to pull out your phone if you have it, or if it, you're already on it, keep being on it, but just do this. Um, you can text the words pray and or serve, um, whichever one you would like to do, to that number right there, and then you'll be given a link where you can sign up online to be notified of prayer requests. Um, you'll be notified of a link for how to come and serve with us if that's something you're interested in. So I just wanted to put that up there. I'll leave that up there for a minute so you can either put that in your phone, take a picture of it, I see you guys doing that. You guys rock, you're great. Um, we also have a, a website that you can go to. Didn't think to put that on here. That would have been really good. Um, I believe it's, uh, I don't even know what our website is. I'll send it to Matthew and he can let you guys know. Um, or he probably even, he might know what it is, I don't even know. But um, we do have a website that, that gives much more information than I even gave. Um, oh, this is the coolest part too, I love this part. Um, we also offer um, internship opportunities. So I don't know um, kind of your age groups, anything like that, maybe people who, wouldn't, who aren't here today but might fall into this age group for college students. We offer internships for people who are wanting to um, get hands-on ministry experience. So maybe they feel like they might have a calling into ministry, but they're not sure. Maybe they don't have a calling into ministry at all, but they're like, college is the time to just like get experience doing whatever, and like I love the Lord and I want to serve him. Come work with us. We would love to have interns. We take, I think, anywhere from like two to four um, interns per summer. They get kind of a dual internship. They intern with commission, so they get inner city ministry, hands-on experience, but they also get um, experience with youth ministry because they work with Hope Community Church, who commission was kind of birthed out of that church. Um, so they work with Pastor Amanda at um, Hope Community with the youth group. So they get like two different experiences. It's really, really cool. I don't know why I didn't put that on there. Guys, I'm failing on this, uh, on this PowerPoint thing. It's because I've never done it before. I'll be better next time, I promise. So again, I want to end with this question. What action are you going to take to raise the bar? That's what I will leave you with. I'm going to pray to close us out. I don't know if, um, okay, I will pray to close us out. Um, so if you guys would bow your heads. It's been, it's been really great for me to be here with you. I hope that you can see that I'm a goofball. I'm not like, I'm not a super formal, like, whatever. This is me, and I just wanted to show you guys me and come here and, and represent Christ and commission well. So I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you so much for this church. It's been so fun for me to be able to come down here and, and to prepare a message to speak into the life and the ministry of what's happening here down in Wapak. Father, this series of raising the bar that's called us to some sort of action step in our life, I pray that people in this church would not just kind of gloss over this, would not just say, okay, well, this was just a series that we were in, and, and you know, we're going to move on, and I'll learn something from the next one. But, Father, this is really something you're calling us to do for our entire lives, is to raise the bar, is to always go deeper, is to always grow, is to always um, be looking for ways that we can serve you more and can serve you better. We can love you more. We can love your people. So, Father, take any words that I've said today that weren't helpful and just cast them out of our minds. But, God, anything that was edifying to you um, and was uh, glorious to your name, I just pray that you would keep that in their minds as they leave today. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for this time together. Continue to bless us as we go out from this place and we serve. In your name we pray.
Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you, Bethany. Give a warm thanks to Bethany for speaking this morning. And uh, and I'll say too, um, I'm taking that that prayer for uncomfortability um, seriously in my life. Um, all of my life, I've always been focused on finding out how to make myself comfortable, right? Um, that's just like the goal of the American dream is to become comfortable financially and mentally and physically, all that, all that stuff. Um, but she's absolutely right, man. We grow in those moments of uncomfortability. So um, thank you for being vulnerable, for sharing your heart and your story a little bit. Um, we're going to pray for, for Bethany as well. Um, because we believe, right, that you pray now so that you'll remember to pray later. And I want to encourage all of us to keep praying for Bethany and things happening in Co-Mission Toledo. Um, the ministry that's happening there, we heard just a little taste of it. There's so much more um, going on that, that we didn't have time to share all of that. Um, but I want to definitely do that. And then I'll give the benediction and we'll be dismissed this morning. Um, but gracious Heavenly Father, we lift up Bethany um, to you today. And, and with her, on behalf of all of Co-Mission Toledo, um, we thank you for that ministry um, the things that are happening there. And, and we thank you for this word this morning that Bethany prepared and she spent time with you crafting and creating so that we could hear from you, Lord. God, I pray that wherever, wherever she's at, whether she's slinging chickens at Chick-fil-A or if she's in the middle of the inner city of Toledo ministering to kids who are in poverty and families who are stricken with disease or drugs, whatever, that the ministry that she's doing the way she's impacting lives brings glory and honor to you. That all of it might not just be for today, but that it might be riches and glory in heaven. Father, will you continue to bless her and bless us as we go from this place. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. And I ask if you will, if you'll stand to receive the benediction this morning. Pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. And may you pray a prayer that makes you uncomfortable and raise the bar in your own life. May you go from this place following the Lord with all of your ways and be blessed by him. Go this evening or this morning in his name. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.